In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated. So I found myself thinking about Pablo Casals, who in his day, and maybe to this day, is the world's foremost cellist. And he played and practiced and performed well into his 90s and towards the end of his life. Uh, somebody decided to do a documentary about this guy. And so they, uh, uh, the interviewer came and one of the questions that they asked Pablo Casals is like, okay, you're like top of your game. Why is it that you feel the need to practice four to five hours a day? Isn't that enough? And Pablo Casals answered, I practice four or five hours a day because I am making progress. Which I just think is a wonderful piece of wisdom for Education Sunday, for this day in which we begin a new year, um, a new chapter in the life of St. James. I don't know if you've heard, we have a new rector. Um, and how we uh, launch out on this new year uh, with the theme of being disciples, right? And I asked the Wednesday prayer uh, Bible study group for word association with the uh, word disciple. The most common answer out of that group uh, was student or learner, that Jesus is our teacher, that Jesus is our rabbi, and that we are in this process of growth, of going deeper, because learning about God, knowledge about God, is a never-ending pro project. And uh, we are invited uh, by grace to participate in that process this year. And to help us do that, um, the reason we're in red today is because we are observing not only Education Sunday, but also the Feast of the Holy Cross. I'll say more about that in a minute. But that's why, why we're here in the readings chosen for this day. I think help us think about this thing that we're all learners, that we're all students, that we are all disciples in this process of spiritual growth. And I love the reading. Thank you, Archie, for reading that reading so beautifully from the letter to the Philippians. It's one of my, I don't know if we're supposed to have favorites, but it's one of my favorite letters in the New Testament. It's one of the earliest letters. Uh, people think it really was written by Paul. Some of the letters are not so sure, but they're really written by Paul. The deal is Paul is writing from a first century prison cell. Now, just use your cinematic imagination to think about what that was like but he's writing to this church that he loves, and every other word in this letter is rejoice and joy. And what, in those circumstances, is the source of his joy, but it seems to me it is that he is writing to this community he loves, this community that is growing, this community that is going deeper in the knowledge and love of God. And so from start to finish, we read about that process. He starts out saying, the one God who has done a good work in you we'll bring it to completion. God is not finished with us yet. He talks about working out our salvation with fear and trembling because God is at work to will and to do of his good pleasure. He talks about his own spiritual journey and he says, um, I haven't arrived yet. I'm not there yet. Um, sometimes Paul gave the illusion that he thought he was there yet. <laughs> but I press on towards the goal of knowing Christ more deeply. It reminds me of what, uh, what Brian McLaren, a, a contemporary pastor and theologian, said. Uh, the church 
is not a club for the elite, the spiritually elite who pretend that they have arrived. The school is a church for disciples who are on the way. And that's the consistent message that St. Paul offers in this letter. And we heard what I think is the core, the, 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 the mission statement, the message in a nutshell in the reading this morning as Paul cites um, in this very early letter, what looks, like to, what looks like a hymn or a poem about Jesus. And uh, it's not broken out this way in your bulletin, but if you got your Bible, there are Bibles in your pew. I'm going to ask you to pull it out and look at the back section, which is the New Testament, page 152. And if you get bored with me rattling on, you can just read this thing over and over because it's really awesome. But page 152, we see this ancient hymn that the church had embraced. And it kicks off with this important phrase, let this mind be in you. Let the same mind that was in you be in Christ. And then they launch into this uh, hymn, this ancient poem, this early piece of liturgy as the church reflects on who Jesus is and why that matters. And it says this about Jesus. And I think this, I found myself thinking, well, what is the mind of Christ? What does that look like? And Paul cites the answer in this poem. It's refusing to grasp God, to think of ourselves as equal to God or to exploit our state with God. It's a place of humility. It's a place of self-offering, coming to be among those who are in need of, of, of help to be in that place. It is a matter of giving everything, taking the message to the cross, which is why we read it on Holy Cross Day. And that message, that vision of the mind of Christ is for my money what we're supposed to embrace, to think about how it is that we come to embrace that mind of Christ, how we come to grow in that, what that looks like how we practice. Albert Einstein, on speaking of education, said education is not gathering facts. It's about training the mind. And what we try to do together, we're good at it sometimes, we can grow at it in, uh, in other ways. What we're trying to do is to train our minds to be the mind of Christ, to grow in that particular way. So think about what that might look like in your own life, in your own spiritual experience here at St. James and in your life outside in the world. What would it mean to have the mind of Christ? We're going to talk in a little bit in Sunderland Hall right through there about the book Being Disciples because it's really getting at this idea in my mind about what the mind of Christ means. And I want to invite you, as Zach said, you don't have to have read the book to come to the thing, okay? Because it's just like, we're going to just talk about what uh, Rowan Williams has to say. I'm a firm believer that you can come to book groups without having read the book. Why not? But anyway, we're going to talk about that. But he has a section in which he talks about holiness, which is one way of describing what it means to be a disciple. Not holiness in the sense of excessive piety or annoying self-righteousness, um, I always love what H.L. Mencken said about Puritans. He said they are people who are unhappy because somebody somewhere is having a good time. <laughs> That's not what he means by holiness. He talks about holiness as having two components. It's looking and exploring. It's looking 
at Jesus, which is what Holy Cross is all about. This day, September 14th, is marked because it's the day that the complex of religious spaces was dedicated in Jerusalem in, get this, year 335. And there were several buildings. There was a building for the for the um, liturgy of the word, for reading the Bible and talking about it like we're doing right now. There's a separate space for the Eucharist, for communion. And in between, there was a walkway. And on that walkway, on one side, you had a view of the cross. You had a view of Calvary. And people would come and just stop there. And they would, and they would venerate the cross there. They would make that the object. That was what they were looking at. And I take that and we remember Holy Cross Day because it reminds us that even if we're not in Jerusalem in that sacred space, what we do is look at the cross. We'll sing at the end, lift high the cross, right? That is the thing we are looking at. That is the key to me to having the mind of Christ, the beginning. The second part, exploring. And that's really a friend of mine talks about knowing what God is up to in the neighborhood seeing where God is at work, seeing where we, like Jesus, bring healing power to a world that is broken. That that, when we do that, we are entering into the mind of Christ. We are following him, we are learning from him, we are studying him, all of which we'll do here. And then we're putting that into action for the sake of a broken world that needs so much the healing of the cross. So don't take my word for it. Take Pablo Casals. Your practice will keep you in progress, right? Take Albert Einstein, smart guy. Education is not about gathering facts. It's about training your mind. How will your mind be trained to be the mind of Christ? And then follow William, uh, Rowan Williams, which will make our rector really happy if you do that. Follow Rowan Williams. True? True. Follow Rowan Williams and think about what it means to look to Jesus and explore how Jesus' ministry can go on in the world. If we can do that together as a community of faith, I think we will have discovered the mind of Christ. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.